welcome to Mentally Stronger, the podcast where with every episode, we're learning practical ways to let go of stress and struggles, grow our mental strength, and live a happier, healthier, more meaningful life. I'm your host, Melly O'Brien, co-founder of Mindfulness.com and creator of mindfulness-based mental strength training. I'm so glad to have you with me. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hey, and welcome to the Mentally Stronger podcast. I am going to share today my own personal story of struggle and finding greater strength. And I say greater strength deliberately in terms of not saying my own journey of, you know, shifting from struggle to mental strength in a permanent way. And the reason I say this is because mental strength in the way that I see it is not a destination. It's not a perfection project. It's not about fixing ourselves, improving ourselves, throwing ourselves away and trying to become someone better. Mental strength is not a perfection project. It's a moment by moment choice that we have to tap into what's deepest and truest in us, what's already there, and to let that flow out of us unimpeded. So it's about, it's not about becoming something better. It's about knowing ourselves more deeply and being ourselves more fully. And so my journey has been a journey of shifting from a lot of inner turmoil, a lot of struggle, a lot of suffering into being able to tap into that strength a lot more and therefore suffering a lot less, stressing a lot less, still going through the normal human ups and downs and pains and difficulties. And, you know, I'm messy sometimes, my life is messy sometimes, but have I learned to suffer a lot less and have a lot less stress in my life and tap into a source of strength that I never knew that I had. Yeah, that has been my journey. And I'd I'd love to share a little bit about that with you today. In many ways, I had a very idyllic childhood. I grew up in Mullumbimby, which was kind of like the epicenter of hippie culture in Australia in the 70s. And my childhood was in many ways quite idyllic. I grew up riding horses with my brothers. I was swimming in the creek with my friends, picking fruit off the trees. It was in many ways really a wonderful childhood, really connected to nature, really connected to community. And despite that though, there was some trauma from my childhood that just kept pulling me down into a lot of suffering, self-hatred, depression, anxiety. And I developed an eating disorder by the age of 17. And it was also at the age of 17 when I hit a crisis point. My suffering got so deep and so consuming that I got to a point where I thought to myself, I'm only 17 years old. I really can't bear this kind of pain for the rest of my life. So I felt like I had kind of two choices. This was a one of those sliding doors moments. Even I'm either I'm going to take my own life or I give myself a chance to find out whether it's possible to be free of this suffering. And I chose life because I thought, you know, I can always come back to option number one after I try number two. And if it doesn't go well, I will just, I can take the other option at any time. So I had no idea where to start to try and find the answers to the question, you know, can you be free of this suffering? I had no idea where to start. So I just went to the school library and I started reading. I started taking anything off the shelves that 
I could find about happiness, reducing suffering and stress, anything that I could find about how to feel better. So I ended up with this weird pile of books. <laughs> from I had everything from comparative religion to, you know, books about depression and found some stuff about eating disorders. I just had this crazy kind of pile of stuff. And personal development books weren't very popular back then, so weren't so many of them. But what I ended up coming across as a theme in these books was that there were ways to train your mind to reduce suffering. And the thing that kept coming up was meditation. I had heard of it as a sort of esoteric kind of concept, but not as a way to reduce suffering. So at the age of 17, I went and I, I found a meditation class where I was living and I went with my best friend, Katie. What I found during the time when I was at this course is that I had these epiphanies that what was actually causing a lot of my suffering was actually my thoughts. I didn't really realize that it was my thoughts. But when I realized that and I had these profound experiences of being able to step back from my thoughts and relate to them in a completely different way so that they kind of lost their power. They lost their ability to pull me into these really intense emotions. And I got really excited and I got really empowered because I suddenly realized I had a lot more control over my situation than I thought. So what happened from there was I threw myself, I threw my energy, my time, my commitment at seeing what was possible in terms of transformation by doing these practices. And I began to learn more and more. And it would be fair to say that in a very, very short amount of time, about a year and a half, there was such a radical change in the state of my mind and that all flowed out into the quality of my life, the people I surrounded myself with, the work that I was doing, how I related to my family, what I thought was possible for my life, the states of being that I would dwell in. It was such a huge transformation that my life would never be the same. And I grew more and more over the following years as I devoted more and more time to this. It really became my passion and the central axis of my life. So in my late 20s, I kind of had this realization that other people People didn't have these skills that I learned and I really wanted to devote my life to helping people that were in the situation I was in to have these tools and skills so that they could unlock their potential feel better and be able to handle life with more wisdom and skill and, and have just more joy and more fun and more purpose. So I became a mindfulness teacher at this point and I spent the last decade of my life, I'm 43 years old now, I spent the last 14 years of my life teaching mindfulness and I ended up teaching thousands of people from all around the world over that time. It also ran the world's largest mindfulness conference, the Mindfulness Summit, which was a not-for-profit project that raised uh, over $750,000 for mental health charities around the world. And a couple of years ago, I co-founded mindfulness.com, which is a wonderful app, which has just hit its millionth download. And so, yeah, there's been this really strong emphasis in my life in being able to teach specifically those skills to people. However, the world has been changing a lot during the time, especially the last three years. Well, the last three years for us collectively has been incredibly challenging. The last six years for me has been personally very challenging as well. And so my own personal challenges mixed with the sort of background scenario of what's happening in our world really led me over the past five years to get very, very interested in how do we stay mentally strong during difficult times. 
Mindfulness is a part of it. However, I started to teach more and more mindfulness blended with emotional intelligence skills to meet the times that people were living in, that we are living in. And also after going through my own personal, a series of personal difficulties, including the breakup of an 18-year relationship, a chronic illness that was very, very difficult for me and some other difficulties that just, I felt like I went through a period where lots of things were just very, very challenging. I had fallen out with a friend which really broke my heart as well. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever been through, probably even more difficult than the ending of my 18-year relationship. It really challenged me and it really forced me to draw on every single skill that I'd learnt to, to get through it and come out the other side doing well. So my interest really started to turn towards how do we stay strong during difficult times and I ended up creating a four-step framework that helps us move through difficult times in a way that is resilient, healthy, connected to meaning and purpose, and where we come out the other side stronger, wiser, more skillful than we've ever been before. And that became my fascination of the last couple of years and the focus of my current career path is sharing what I call mindfulness-based mental strength training. So that's what I'm up to now in the world. And my big vision is that if we can unlock the best in human potential, I believe that we can collaborate together as a global community to come together to solve the world's most meaningful problems and, and usher in a new age of more harmonious, more sustainable and more, more peaceful and connected living. So this is a little bit about my background story and where I'm at now. And yeah, maybe just to wrap up, there's a couple of things that I really want to share that I've learned along the way that have been the big things that have really changed the way that I focus my energy in life and have made some of the biggest differences in my life. The first thing of two realizations that I would like to share today is that happiness is a skill. This was a huge realization for me on my own path. So happiness, the actual research on happiness goes very counter to the messaging that we get in our mainstream culture. Mainstream culture promotes a lot of messages to us that we should focus on the external circumstances of our lives in order to be happy. However, the biggest research project that's ever been done on what it is that makes human beings most happy. This was done at Harvard by a researcher called Matt Killingsworth and his team. Biggest study on human happiness that's ever been done and also backed up results from other studies in the past showed that what makes a human being most happy is not the big achievement, not the perfect relationship, not the car, not the boat, not the dream life, the big money. What makes human beings most happy is when their mind is fully present in the moment and not wandering. This is a huge, empowering and inspiring realization to me because it means that we have a lot more power over our happiness than we ever thought, than we're being told by popular culture. And it's through training our minds that we can grow happiness within us and also carry it with us wherever we go through the ups and downs of life. It's an incredible and empowering realization. The other thing that I think is one of the most important realizations on the path to mental strength is that suffering, a lot of our suffering is actually a choice. It's within our choice. You might be having all kinds of reactions to hearing that right now. So let me explain. The majority of our suffering, as far as I have seen it and worked with thousands of people and my own mind, my own human mind, as far as I can see, and also, again, a lot of research pointing to this, the majority of human suffering does not come from what happens to us. It comes from a whole bunch of negative thoughts that we have about what happens. We have negative thoughts about ourselves, about circumstances, about other people, events, you name it. 
And most of our suffering comes from that. And I just want to pause here to say, this is not in any way to discount or minimize anything that you have been through. Some of us have been through unbelievable pain, things that should never have happened. And what often happens in those circumstances, and even when things are going well, is that we add a lot of suffering on top to an already difficult situation. So I would say there's a differentiation here. I would say the external circumstances that happen in our lives that are unpleasant is what I would call pain. Suffering is the psychologically formed pain that we go through from thinking certain thoughts and we drum up certain emotions. So pain in life, they say, is inevitable. Suffering is actually optional. We do have a choice and I've made that choice for myself over and over and over again in my life so I can speak from firsthand experience here. We have a lot more power over our state of being than most of us realize. Even in the midst of incredibly difficult circumstances, we have a lot more power and a lot more ability to embody empowered states of being, resilient states of being, strong states of being, much more so than what we think. Again, I find this incredibly empowering. We have our culture promotes a lot of messaging that a lot of this is out of our control. A lot of it's much more in our control. Most of this is is much more in our control than we think. And I find that inspiring. And I just want to add to this before I close up here. The Buddha once said, whatever you incline the mind towards, that becomes the inclination of the mind. This really maps very closely to what neuroscientists often say these days, neurons that fire together, wire together. What are they referring to here? Our mind is very plastic. It's very responsive. It becomes reshaped by whatever we do, whatever we think, how we act every day. Our mind is is reshaping itself. So not only is happiness a skill and suffering a choice, but our mind is very responsive to change. We often think that we're stuck in our patterns, stuck in our ways, stuck in our suffering, that we're a certain kind of person and, you know, it's fixed and nothing can change. It is incredible how quickly change happens. And again, I find this really inspiring. I find this really empowering. And all three of these realizations I have personally experimented with, explored, felt the benefits of. And what I know to be true is that when we make the decision to change, when we make the decision to get stronger, when we make the decision that we want to suffer less and we actually do something, we start training our mind, it never ceases to amaze me and inspire me and uplift me just how quickly change can take place. So we're not stuck. We have more control than we think. And these things are a choice and a skill. So I hope, yeah, something in my story is of benefit to you. And I hope that you can maybe take these realizations away with you that happiness is a skill, suffering is a choice, and we have a lot more control over ourselves than we think and apply them in your life. Experiment with them. Make the choices that lead to less suffering, that lead to more happiness. And if you want to learn a little bit more about how to train your mind, I'd love to support you. Come over to my website. I got lots of free resources and a free masterclass coming up really soon that could help you to get a little bit stronger bit by bit, day by day. Take care and stay strong. If you know someone who you think might benefit from listening to this episode, share it with them. Sharing it could really help them to feel better and improve the quality of their life. And if you found this episode helpful, remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive more tips on growing your mental strength. And if you'd like some more support in becoming mentally strong, come over to the website and check out the different coaching and training options I have on offer there for you. You can find the links for all of that in the show notes. And thanks again for tuning in. Take care and stay strong. Stay strong.